good afternoon, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the September 29th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. They have 17 locations between Columbia County, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, and they would love to serve you. Whether you're interested in a home loan, an auto loan, uh, a home improvement loan, uh, just a new banking arrangements for yourself, your church, your nonprofit organization, or your business, Security Federal wants to see you. Please check their website or uh, schedule an appointment at one of their locations, and they would be happy to see how they can help you. And always remember, one of the best ways to support local matters is to support Security Federal. Also, the show is brought to you by Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Please check my website at JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com to see services provided by my firm, as well as to hear any past episode of Local Matters. Uh, there is a Local Matters tab there, and you can uh, click, listen, or share with anyone in your networks. Again, that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Just Google that. You'll find my website. Today's show is one where I have a local guest. He's not a governmental figure, but he is the leader of an organization that exists to hold local governments accountable. Uh, that is Reverend James Williams. He is the moderator of the HOPE organization. He is going to be with us a little later, but before we get to him, I'm going to do something that is unusual for local matters, and that is I'm going to talk about something that doesn't have anything to do with city, county, state, government, federal government, nothing government related. And that is a special that has been on PBS over the last week or two. Can't remember exactly when the first airing was, but that was a four part series on Muhammad Ali. I love history. I love documentaries. And I am especially into this one because I consider myself something of an Ali scholar. Uh, I have been just reading everything that I could about him for decades. And so to see this four-part series was something really special um, to me. And even after all of the reading that I had done, I still learned a lot. I mean, there are a few things like I never knew until this week that Joe Frazier was actually blind in one eye by the time that he fought uh, in the Thriller in Manila in October of 1975 uh, and all other sorts of things about Ali specifically. And as a reflect on that documentary and on his life and career, um, Ali was just something that never could have been conceived of. He was just that unique. Um, and to watch uh, his fights from before he even went to the Olympics in 1960, uh, to his protest of the Vietnam War and his willingness to put his career uh, on hold to fight against someone trying to send him to war, um, to him carrying on with his career for way too long. Uh, and then uh, some of the things, humanitarian missions and some of the other things that he did after his retirement and after he was stricken with Parkinson's disease was just fascinating uh, to me. I think the most fascinating part of it actually for me is 
the women in his life. Obviously, as a woman, uh, I find uh, that very, very enthralling uh, from the first wife, Sonia Roy, who uh, was strong enough to say, hey, Elijah Muhammad is not going to tell me what to do. And if that's what it requires, I'm out of here. Um, to Belinda Boyd, who was a child bride, uh, got married at the age of 17. And I really think of her as Ali's wife because she was with him uh, at the height of his popularity. Uh, from her on to Veronica Porsche, who came into his life as a ring girl in uh, the Rumble in the Jungle in Zaire against George Foreman. And then uh, on to Lonnie Williams, who actually rebuilt his finances because Ali, for all of his strengths, was not good at managing his money and never had an effective business enterprise and a way to, to capitalize on his name. She was the one to figure out how to do that, uh, such that the time he passed away, he was worth over $80 million. But if you did not see that, please figure out how you can. I think it's available on live stream. It's almost eight hours of video, but there's footage there that uh, we had never seen before. I'd never seen before. Uh, so it was really a, a excellent, excellent way to learn a lot about the life and times of Muhammad Ali, the people around him, the country and where we were as the United States of America and later where we were as the world uh, during the time that he was most popular. Uh, so please uh, get a chance, to, if you can, get a chance to take a look at that. Our guest today on Local Matters is Reverend James Williams. He is here because he is the president of an organization that we call HOPE. And that HOPE stands for Helping Our People Excel. How are you doing today, Reverend Williams? Uh, Janice, I'm doing, I'm doing well today. Thank you for asking. Okay. Our tradition on Local Matters is that we ask our guests to describe a little about themselves. Um, uh, I usually like to do that because it helps the audience connect to the guest. Uh, and it's always more fascinating if you see where somebody's been to understand where they're going. Right. So uh, so I really would appreciate if you could tell us a little about yourself. Um, if you just, just tell, I know you're a native Augustan, but what, what else is there that you want our audience to know about Reverend James Williams? Well, first of all, thank you for having me uh, this morning and uh, in order to represent our organization, Hope Helping Our People to Excel. Um, this is great exposure for us, and um, you're doing a wonderful job in our community. So I give you uh, that uh, because I, I know you, and we've come quite close in terms of our relationship and, and, and what we're trying to do to promote our community. Uh, I am a native Augustan, um, uh, graduated from Lucy Laney High School, yeah, go Wildcats, and uh, I'm also a graduate of Voorhees uh, College, and um, um, I am a Phi Beta Sigma man. And I've been in our community, um, like I said, all my life. I've been an advocate for uh, our people in terms of uh, uh, making certain that um, our voices are heard and that um, we get the, the, the right response that um, we request when we find ourselves in need and uh, um, just being an advocate for those who um, may not have the voice. Okay. And how long has Hope been doing that in the Augusta area? Um, <clears throat> Hope, Hope um, 
I guess about 12, 15 years uh, since the inception of Hope. And um, um, the original organizer of Hope, if I may, uh, is um, Barbara Gordon, um, the editor of the uh, Metro Courier, and um, Dr. Mallory Milliner and Reverend K.B. Martin. Um, started Hope uh, years ago, um, 12, yeah, about 12, 15 years ago, and um, bringing concerned citizens together of like minds and um, wanting to address those concerns that uh, were affecting our people in our communities. Okay. All right. Very good. And I know there are a lot of organizations that exist, um, you know, the NAACP and right. National Action Network. There are a lot of organizations that are tied into the national level, uh, whereas HOPE is exclusively locally organized and controlled. Is that, that right? That is that is correct. That is correct. And uh, HOPE is uh, incorporated and uh, we are a 501c3 organization. All right. Very good. Um, most recently, I know you have been involved in activities related to some things that I've talked about on the show. Um, a month or two, I guess, ago, I had Dr. Charles Bullock. He's a professor at the University of Georgia, and he is a foremost scholar on redistricting. So I had him come in and just explain what redistricting is, um, because people hear the terms and so like, well, I kind of know what that means. I kind of don't know. So he gave us a really good explanation of what it is, um, because that it's that time, you know, after we completed the census, you know, back in 2020, we were telling everybody, complete the census, complete the census. But one of the results of that is you, there is going to be some redistricting uh, for various offices. So I know Hope has been engaged in ensuring that that's a fair process. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the efforts that Hope has undertaken? Yeah, Janice, and, and thank you for that, because uh, it is very important that uh, we pay attention to the redistricting. And as you uh, indicated, the uh, every 10 years uh, after the census, uh, redistricting reapportionment um, takes place in um, throughout the state and in local and especially like in local areas like ours. And uh, what that redistricting does uh, uh, based on, on, on the census and uh, based on the uh, increase in population, uh, uh, it brings the uh, state representatives um, together to look at reapportioning and um, supp supposedly in a, in a fair way and keeping communities together where they will receive the uh, uh, fair representation that they want based on being like communities and keeping communities of, like, of likeness together. Okay. And tell me exactly what Hope's role has been. Well, Hope's Hope role has been in terms of making certain that uh, fairness uh, as, as a part of that process, that uh, uh, advocating for fairness in that process. In other words, um, not discriminating against communities and not discriminating against people in terms of race, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, making certain that there is a fair process and that the people have an input into uh, making certain, um, having 
giving their testimonies and requests that when they do this, that they keep communities of likeness together. All right, very good. And you've done that in relationship to the state, the house district, U.S. house districts? Yes. Is that yes. right? Okay. Uh, yeah, when, when, the, when, when the committee came to our area um, um, back in um, August, uh, early August, uh, somewhere there about, um, we made uh, testimony, presented testimony uh, to them. Also concerned about uh, Richmond County, our county um, being in a cluster of uh, other counties uh, that uh, our voice is limited, even though we are the large county and population among them, but uh, having the representation that, that we have um, and being, um, I guess you can say, um, um, organized in a manner where our voice is less than what the overall voice is uh, in the district. For instance, um, our representative, our U.S. representative, um, uh, does not uh, represent us in a manner where we get, I guess you can say, the uh, fairness that we feel because we're outnumbered by much more smaller um, uh, counties as opposed to our county, which is the largest population of our, of our U.S. district. Yeah. Um, and also the advocacy is not limited to the uh, U.S. Uh, representative level, you also have been involved uh, recently, in fact, in front of the Augusta Richmond County Commission, uh, where uh, I happened to pick up the newspaper a couple of weeks ago and I saw uh, that uh, you were with a group of folks that had come down to the commission to talk about the process related to the selection of a new commissioner for Augusta's District 4. Uh, um, I think last week my show was about the powers of the governor in that instance. Uh, we talked about how the governor has taken uh, one uh, official down as a result of an indictment and had the power, in fact, to appoint someone else. But Governor Kemp made the decision to allow the Augusta Commission to make that decision right. instead of him making it himself. And I'm right. sure you know he had reasons for that. Um, but there were some things about that process that I think you and, and other members of Hope were very concerned about. Uh, can you talk about why it was you felt it was so important to make that appearance before the Augusta Commission? Well, for one, um, the, the, the minds and, 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 and the uh, heart of the people um, um, was not given the opportunity um, to have a voice into who they wanted to uh, uh, represent them. As you know, the governor did, did give the commission that choice um, to make that appointment. And in that appointment process, um, the way the commissioners handled that process was that the voice of the people in that district, meaning District 4, uh, it was not heard. Uh, they had no input into it. Uh, I don't think it was much as much as who would be the representative for them, but being a part of the process, at least to hear who they may have wanted it to be. And um, uh, neglecting them in that respect, uh, that's where Hope uh, had a concern that the will of the people and the mind of the people 
was, was not heard and was not given the opportunity. And that's what we advocate for, um, um, people to have a voice. And that speaks, I think, to everything, almost everything that the Local Matters show is about from the standpoint of the purpose of Local Matters is to help people get engaged. That's correct. Um, that they understand what is going on um, because there's so many things that happen and people wind up wondering, that happened? Well, when did that happen? Well, how did that happen? And I think what you're speaking to is how in this case, I think it happened before people knew what, what was going on. It, it did. Uh, it, it did. Um, it seemed like it, it was a rush uh, situation. And, and uh, in the span of a few days, um, the people did not know what the process was going to be. And within a couple of days, the process had started. And then a, a day or two later, um, the process had been completed because of what the, um, you can say the local governing body knew, the commissioners knew, um, that the people didn't know. And um, not being given that opportunity of, of having a voice, um, it was seen an unfair process. And um, the people just was totally uh, neglected from that process. And to even exclude, and I go as far as saying that um, it wasn't like they did not have representation. As you know, the makeup of our county is that we have uh, 10 districts, uh, two being super district, and um, um, those super districts uh, having the uh, districts um, as a part of, of, of them. And the super district representative was there uh, who was a representative for those folk in District 4, which means that they did not have a voice. And uh, it would seem that even that voice, uh, who was a sitting commissioner, uh, was not heard. So that process was not fair in terms of the people were not heard, and even the representative they had in the manner that uh, uh, the, the uh, our county gives them uh, was not heard also. And again, that role of hope is to make sure that folks really do have the information and have opportunity for fairness. That's what that, I that, understand. That, that is, that is you're, you're exactly right. And uh, it, it's not that we, we don't try to control. Um, we don't try to uh, make decisions. The only decision that we would like to see out of uh, any processes is that uh, the, the, the will or the voice of the people uh, is heard. Okay. And I think if we, we look back in uh, HOPE's uh, past, uh, there was one other initiative that HOPE took on uh, that I know you and several members of the organization have been extremely proud of. And that relates to some litigation that I think you filed against Augusta Richmond County's government a few years ago. Yes, we did. Um, um, it, it has been a few years ago. And uh, I was proud of the stand that uh, we took as HOPE and um, um, lit lit litigating the process that the county was going through and uh, some personnel matters that uh, some changes was going to be made that um, we didn't feel um, uh, that, that was fair. I, I can't necessarily go back to exactly what they were at the time, but the processes that uh, by which the county was taking um, 
would have been um, would have done some damage uh, to folk. And we took the county um, to court uh, in a lawsuit, uh, which uh, we didn't win the lawsuit, but it was a it was a loss that was a win. Um, it was a win because it showed um, um, our government officials and uh, other bodies that uh, we are willing to take on uh, issues that we feel that is not fair. Yeah, I think it had to do with uh, some some personnel policies, some changes in personnel policies that uh, were rushed through. I, I wasn't with uh, Augusta at the time, but I heard about how there was uh, basically a majority of six that just ramrodded a bunch of changes through um, without much consideration of the other four members of the commission at that time. And, 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 it, and it was uh, kind of going back to, to that. And uh, historically, you know, that uh, it takes uh, six on the commission, uh, you know, to uh, be a majority in, uh, in, in a voting process. And uh, that process, even among themselves, where there were commissioners that was not necessarily involved uh, in, in the process, but totally with the makeup at the commission at that time, uh, gave those who felt that what, uh, what they wanted in this process uh, was right for them. And um, we did not uh, agree to that as hope. And therefore we, um, we filed a lawsuit against the county uh, in that respect. All right, very good. So that's something a little about your past. Uh, one other thing I want to, to make note of, um, I think you've started an annual award uh, with the, the organization. We, 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 we did, and uh, uh, Janice, uh, uh, and, and you hosted that award. <laughs> and, uh, it was a very, very successful award. Uh, we started that award, um, a year prior to making it in terms of looking at uh, uh, the idea of a person who would stand out in the community who made a great contribution to the uh, community that was was seemingly that was that was outstanding and uh, in, in doing that um, we, we we came up with with that idea and we subsequently um, made that award at the end of last year. And the first recipient of that award was a county commissioner, um, William Bill Fenoy, uh, who was the uh, first recipient of that. And uh, we're very proud of that. And we're getting ready to uh, make that award uh, this year. And we made it an annual uh, event for uh, Hope. And uh, we hope people, once we put the word out, um, uh, when it's gonna be, will come and support uh, that. That, that event for us. And again, you you were proud of that process. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, to let your listeners know, you are a member of Hope. That's and right, we're, that's we're right. So, we're so glad to have you uh, as a part of Hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, to listeners, hint, hint. That's why I know so much about these issues. <laughs> I've been involved with the organization for about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and um, we have not done, the pandemic has sort of hampered some of our uh, activities, but still trying to, to keep um, keep things going because the issues don't stop. The issues have continued. Right. Um, uh, let's see. Right. Uh, there, uh, I've been 
somewhat, uh, yeah, I've been somewhat of a, a of a one person um, operation uh, advocating as president uh, for hope and with the involvement of, 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 of the members, but mainly um, um, staying in the forefront of hope and keeping us involved and um, addressing issues. And there are a lot of issues that we are addressing as hope that's um, that's not public. Um, but there are issues that uh, we're involved in that the, the community know about. But all our efforts uh, really is to uh, uplift the community and our relationship to uh, who we are. And that is um, helping our people to excel. All right. Uh, one other thing I want to um, just point out, um, you as a, a member of the clergy, you are son of the house at Mount Calvary Baptist Church. You mentioned that several of the other people who were involved in founding the organization like Reverend Martin, also members of the clergy. Um, is it, uh, is, is your membership broad based? I mean, who is it that you look toward as being a, a good member who can contribute to the organization? Uh, I, I'm our membership is used the term broad based uh, because uh, we, our membership is not open. Uh, we select uh, our members uh, based on uh, recommendation from, um, from members. And uh, we look at uh, uh, people who are involved, people who have a heart and have an interest in the, uh, in, in the community and making certain that uh, our community is getting the, um, um, representation and the support that is shared across the spectrum, uh, not only just in social issues, but in, in, in legal. Uh, we advocate for uh, all those areas of uh, social justice, uh, legal justice, um, anything that uh, affects our people. And we want people who are like-minded so that um, we can keep the, um, the core of an idea of hope uh, the same. So when it comes to a broad spectrum of members, um, our membership is limited, but uh, we do like to have members and want members as they are recommended um, through our membership um, to be uh, ones who have the same mind that uh, the organization does. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you so much for that. Uh, our time is almost up, but if there's anything else that you want to share with our listeners about hope uh, or the status of our community right now, uh, please take this time to do so. Well, thank you, Janice, and thank you for having me. And um, what I would like to say about hope um, in terms of our advocating for our community is that uh, hope sees a lot of potential in our community as a people. And um, we want to see our community become a a, a face and a voice that represents us, uh, one that, uh, um, that we can be, be proud of and uh, one that have the heart of the people, that uh, when uh, people come to Augusta, um, they used to be an old adage saying there's no place else that you want to live once you come to Augusta except Augusta. But um, we want our hope to be a voice for those who does not have a voice for themselves, but uh, we're not uh, limiting our voice to just uh, one people is to all people, all. So we just want to be a voice that will make certain that our community is heard. 
All right. And thank you so much for playing that role. Um, we know that government really doesn't work unless the people are taking steps to hold it accountable um, for them. So we appreciate having an organization out there that's working toward fairness and um, that is um, looking out for the interests of the, the people. So we appreciate everything that Hope has done. And thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters. And Janice, thank you for having me and a lot of success to you. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.